Is life to you an adventure or a drudgery? Which is it? Do you, do you truly look forward to being with God someday? Do you want to discover more about him and let him show you more about yourself? If not, get there. Get there, because life is an adventure. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Glad you're with us for part three in our podcast series, What's Your Unique? Pastor David is teaching us about the body of Christ, the church, and how important it is that we all discover our unique gifts and use them so the church can be all it's intended to be, so Christ is lifted up, and we can experience the amazing life that God has in mind for each of us. Let's dive in. Here's Pastor David with today's lesson recorded live at Axe Church. This is nothing new, but it's loud right now. It's loud. You could not possibly have any purpose under the worldview that is being espoused by those who are almost the loudest right now, especially if you're at ages, you know, in school to 30, 35. In that, in that spot, that is probably the dominant voice. What we see is more and more and more people call it, becoming what they call nuns. I have no religious beliefs, I have no religious values, I have no connection to anything transcendent. Because these voices are so loud and people don't, people don't follow the conclusions that, that have to follow from this atheistic, naturalistic worldview. Okay, You cannot be part of anything that is greater than yourself under atheism. Because there is nothing that's greater or good at all. Because those words are meaningless. Because you exist by chance and everything else exists by chance. And none of it really matters. None of it really matters. Um, I was reading a piece where the author, who described himself as a secular person, you know, read atheist, right? Mentioned um, this, okay? If purpose is defined as the reason for existence then we have no purpose beyond the biological imperatives to survive and reproduce. One can give one's life purpose, but there is no purpose to life. That's, that's where that leaves us, okay? I can at least respect the intellectual honesty of this honest atheist who says, listen, don't, you can go ahead and do this whole thing where we fool ourselves and convince ourselves to believe something that's not true, so that we'll have purpose. What is it that they're complaining about, about people of faith? That they're convincing themselves that something that's not true is true in their mind? But we should do it too, as long as it's not God. We should do that too, because it turns out that when people understand where they fit and that they have a purpose and there's a reason for living, that they live longer, that they're happier, that they're less anxious. Yeah, go figure. Having a purpose in life. The uh, gentleman who people refer to as the Dalai Lama says, I believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. I believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. Now, this seemingly benign quote is actually much more dangerous than it sounds. If the purpose of of life is to be happy, if that's the purpose, 
then we get into this thing where we start judging the value of someone's life based on how happy they are. And what happens when someone's not happy? I'm not always happy. Are you always happy? This is exactly the kind of reasoning that leads to doctors making decisions and suggesting the ending of people's lives who they think aren't happy enough. They call it quality of life. I don't think this person has a high enough quality of life. Let's stop, let's stop giving them care. All this stuff that's going to come when, when we start rationing care someday, like, like they do in some other countries, this is, this is, where, this is where the philosophy meets the action. Your worldview has consequences. If you believe that the meaning, that the purpose of life is to be happy, then it's not going to be any problem for you to take someone who you perceive as being unhappy and saying they have no purpose in their life. Why should we continue to care for them? That's where this leads, okay? That's where this leads. Happiness is not a purpose. It's a feeling, and it's a fickle one in my experience. Purpose can only be given by a creator, right? A carpenter builds stairs for what reason? So you can get to the second floor, right? Because I can't jump that high. That's why he builds the stairs. They have a purpose. They have a purpose, right? An engineer makes a car. Why? So you can drive to church on Sunday, right? That's what that's for, um, if you didn't know that. Um, and, and so, look, he makes a car with a purpose, there's a purpose. There's a reason. The car doesn't just decide, well, I don't believe there was a manufacturer, and so I've decided I want to be a basketball. I'm going to create some purpose for my life. No. It's made with a purpose. And how, <laughs> What is the obviousness? If something has a purpose, it had to have a maker. Makers make things with purpose. If there's no maker, then the atheists are right, and there is no purpose. Okay, here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you today. Don't listen to the wisdom of the world, which is not wisdom. It's not wisdom. The voices are loud, and I understand that, and I, especially my heart breaks for our young people, the younger that they are, because this is driven at them, because it gives all kinds of other stuff. It gives you all kinds of other, other goodies, like I don't have to worry about what's right or what's wrong or what's right for you is right for you, what's right for me is right for me because I define my own purpose, because I create my own purpose, because there is nothing transcendent that would ever say that something is objectively right or wrong. See, all this follows from it. And then we raise a, a generation of young people who we've lied to constantly, and we wonder why they don't understand their purpose. We wonder why they're despondent. We wonder why we see the suicide that we've seen. Because if you don't believe you have any purpose and if you believe the, life, the meaning of life, the purpose of life is to be happy, what happens when you're not happy anymore and you know you're just a meat sack? <laughs> we've seen what happens. We've seen what happens. So this is important, Christ followers. This is important. These lies are not from God. God knows your story. He planned it in infinite love for you. And it's an exciting, magnificent story that is unique and important and special to him. Listen to what the Lord tells us in the scriptures. This is Revelation 2, 17, out of the New King James Version. It says, he who has an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. And on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Who knows the name? You and God. (laughs) This is crazy. There is going to be a secret between you and God that no one else knows. The God who created the universe. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote something encouraging about that passage. This is what he said. What can be more a man's own than this new name, which even in eternity remains a secret between God and him? And what shall we take this secrecy to mean? Surely that each of the redeemed shall forever know and praise some one aspect of the divine beauty better than any other creature can. Why else were individuals created but that God, loving all infinitely, should love each differently? And this difference, so far from impairing, floods with meaning the love of all blessed creatures for one another, the communion of the saints. If all experienced God in the same way and returned him an identical worship, the song of the church triumphant would have no symphony. It would be like an orchestra in which all of the instruments played the same note. I'm going to be honest, this geeks me out. I mean, this is, some of you know I like C.S. Lewis, but the concept here absolutely astonishes me. Listen to the words of the Psalms. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Think about this. Think about this. If God had not given us the scriptures and sent Jesus Christ to die and rise again, then to believe that in this vast universe, this amazing, beautiful, unfathomable universe, that little me, I may not seem little to some of you, um, but, but compared to the universe, I'm actually quite small. But the God who created all the wonders would care about People, human beings, walking around on this planet at all is mind-blowing. And that he would care about an individual person is all the more staggering. And that he would care about me, of all the individuals he could care about? To think that without the proof and the evidence that we have that, in fact, Jesus Christ has told us that, came and proved it and verified that he was God by rising from the dead. If we didn't have that, then it would be incredibly arrogant to think that he loves us. And even though it's not arrogant because it's true to know that he loves us, it should still astonish and astound you and stir up your affection for Jesus Christ. That he cares about you. Undeniable. God has told us. The evidence is overwhelming. We've talked lots about that. The scriptures are clear. God loves you. Every single one. God made you with a purpose. I'm not going to tell you this morning what your unique is. What exactly makes you unique? It would take me a while to do that. But I'm going to give you some things to think about to get started on this treasure hunt, because that's what this is. It's like a treasure hunt, and it should be as exciting as hunting for treasure, okay? Um, I don't know if you've ever been on a treasure hunt. I don't think I ever have, but it seems like it'd be exciting. Um, It seems seems pretty cool. 
discovering who God made you to be, what your unique is, what's unique about you, what's special about you, that's only you in the entire universe that has ever been or ever will be. You are unique, discovering what that is so that you can live out your purpose for him and in him, in relationship with him and with the church is inexpressibly amazing. So here are some questions for you to ponder. And I'm just going to go through a bunch of them, okay? You don't have to write all these down. I'm going to, I'm going to get them to you later. But I just want you to, as, we're, as I'm reading them, just sort of start the process of pondering. What do you love to do? What do you love to read? For those of you who don't like to read, what do you like to watch? Um, who do you love to be around? Why? And what do all these things have in common with one another? We're looking for roots, roots to our uniqueness, common threads. Next slide. What is it about God that geeks you out? What, is it, what aspect of who he is just makes you go, wow? Or makes you go, wow, the most? Do you love flowers, mountains, trees, animals? Do you love music, math, poetry, prose? Are you the type of person who takes time to smell the roses? Are you the type of person who rushes from one thing to another? What are you like if you introspect? Next one. What do other people tell you you were good at? What was your favorite subject in school? What person in your life do you respect the most and why? Next one. When is the last time you were excited? What were you excited about? When was the last time you were excited to wake up in the morning? And what was it about that day that you were looking forward to? What makes you unique? This is real and this is important. Is life to you an adventure or a drudgery? Which is it? Do you, do you truly look forward to being with God someday? Do you want to discover more about him and let him show you more about yourself? If not, get there. Get there, because life is an adventure. And finding these things that are unique about you is going to be a game changer for you. It's going to be a game changer for you. You are unique. You are supposed to be you. Not anybody else. Not, co- not a copy of some other person, but you. You're supposed to be you. And we want you to grow into relationship with God and discover all the reasons why God made you so special and so important and not believe any lie that would tell you anything different. Because I'll tell you who gets to say what's true about you. The one who made you. And he tells us that. He tells us who we are. Don't listen to anybody else. Walk through this process. We, as the, the leaders at this church, are called to serve you, to help you find these things. This is kind of step one, just starting to think through these things about who you are. We love you. I love you. He loves you. I want you to discover your gifts, your talents, and your abilities, and and then you can understand how you fit into the body of Christ, to the church. When you understand your unique and you understand our unique, you start to understand where you fit and how we fit together. And you, and you start to be able to discover and help other people find what's unique about them. And, and as a body, we, we're, we're growing and edifying. This is, this is uh, what it says in Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. I'm just going to read this passage, okay? It's talking about 
Christ being the head of the body and us being the body and how it works together. It says this, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You have calling. A calling. A purpose. Okay? With all loneliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given. To each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just some of the things that he's given. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, perfect person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, that's a long passage, but here's what it's saying. You have a calling. Every one of you who is a follower of Christ has a calling. You're unique. You're called to be part of the body, unified in him and with one another, and working according to the gifts that each one of you was given to build the body up in love. What is a body with all the parts separated from one another. A mess, right? Um, it, it, it's a horror film, right? There's parts all over the place, you know. The body doesn't work unless it's knit together, right? Bodies don't work when all the parts are separated. It's not working unless it's unified. There is no part of the body that's expendable, okay? Not even the pinky finger. Ask my wife, Tiffany. Um, she was attacked by a uh, sidewalk um, when she was running. Uh, horrible. <laughs> um, this is why I don't exercise, because I've never broken my pinky while opening potato chips. Um, I'm kidding. You should exercise, okay? Um, people are like, I don't have to exercise. Pastor David says we shouldn't do it. Um, you should. I should too. Um, part of us driving each other to good works, right? Um, but, you know, I, as I've noticed with Tiffany, since she's had her finger broken and it, she can't close it and, and whatever, she now the thumbs up that she sent me yesterday, you know, on your iPhone or whatever, for those of you who have one of those or an emoji and you do the thumbs up, like somebody says something, you're like, okay, cool, thumbs up. She, there's one that's like this thing, except it's like this. And so she now sends that because... <laughs> The, the piggies out of the body was hilarious. Uh, she's funny. I like her. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it is a good thing, isn't it? Um, listen, what you have to understand about our unique is our unique and your unique are connected to one another. There is no our unique without your unique. There is no us without you. We're just a bunch of body parts. Unless we're together, Christ as the head, us as the body. This is powerful stuff if you'll just let it sink into you. Because not only does it give you a purpose and a plan and meaning, but it, it helps you know what your obligations are, what you ought to do. There is nothing like being in the will of God. And understanding your purpose and your unique, the things that make you you, and how that fits into the body and our unique, the things that make us us, it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up an entire world so you can understand and start going after the rewards that God has promised to those who are faithful. And those rewards are eternal. And you're going to want to have some. And I want you to have some. And so we got to be um, who God's called us to be, and we cannot be who God's called us to be without you being who God's called you to be. We need each other. And I'm really excited for what God's going to do. I'm really excited that we're going to move closer into him. You should be excited about it too. You should be excited about it too. So, so be praying, be thinking about this. I, look, I love Jesus, and I love you, his body. Okay? I'm excited for every moment that I get to serve him walking beside you. It's, it's an amazing experience. We get to walk side by side looking to the head who is Christ and accomplishing things with an eternal purpose. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be the kind of thing to get you excited to get up in the morning with a purpose that is far beyond just ourselves. It's all about him. The more that we make it all about making much of the name of Jesus, the more we will know who we are in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gifts. Lord, thank you for knitting us together in our mother's womb. God, thank you that you have given us a purpose and a meaning. We're not just meat sacks. We're your precious children. What an amazing and unfathomable truth. God, I pray that you would put an excitement in the heart of every person in this room. And if they don't know you, that the first thing they do is find one of our elders, one of our staff, one of our leaders and say, okay, how do I get involved in all this? Because Lord, following you is life. And outside of you, there is no life. There is just stumbling around inventing purposes so that we don't have a heart attack for some reason. God, show us your truth. Show us your word. Show us your laws and your precepts. Show us the amazingness of who you are and who we are in you. God, I pray for forgiveness of sins for those of us who are carrying a burden of the things that, that we still do, we still stumble. Lord, I pray you'd make us right with you today that we can walk through this next day and this week pressing deeper into who you are. Lord, give wisdom to those who you've called to serve our brothers and sisters, to love our brothers and sisters, that you might show us in which direction you're leading us. You are the head, Christ. You are the head of this church. Help us to follow you where you're leading us. God, thank you for 
Thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross, paying the price, loving us so much that you said that's what we're worth. God, you're amazing. Lord, I pray that we would grow closer to you as we take communion together and celebrate the Lord's Supper as a remembrance of what you did for us in, in your death and your resurrection. In your name, amen. You've been listening to Pastor David Robinson, and this is Contemplate. Now, Pastor David is from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and we would love for you to come and worship with us anytime. Pastor David? Thanks, Ron. If you're looking for a church home, let me invite you to check out Axe Church in Camas, Washington. We're a real family that loves Jesus and each other. Come see us this Sunday. And for all the info you need, check out axcamus.org. You'll find directions to the church, our sermon archives, and a lot more. Again, that's axcamus, camus with a C, axcamus.org. Or give us a call at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. Hope to see you this Sunday. Finally, ever wonder why we go to church? What's the point? Well, Pastor David will talk about that in part four of What's Your Unique? And you won't want to miss it. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for being here. And we'll look for you on our next podcast here on Contemplate.